0: Hello everyone, I'm your news anchor Ingrid D are on Vondot Radio Voiceover Nations bringing you national and international news updates. From Fin24 ESCOM, a nearly century old monopoly that generates most of the nation's electricity is saddled with a 450 million rand debt and can't supply the country with sufficient power. It's battling to right itself after years of mismanagement and corruption documented in public testimony over the last two years to a State Judicial Commission. CEO Andre de Reiter took over in January, pledging to root out graft and improve operations. Oberholzer, a former employee of Stefanuti Stocks, signed a submission to ESCOM's Investment and Finance Committee recommending an increase in a contract with a construction firm, Kassem found. At the time Oberholzer held shares in Stefanuti stocks, the value which had declined to, to 6000 from an initial $600,000. Oberholzer breached the provisions of the ESCOM policy. He should have abstained from the transactions in totality, Kassem said. I propose and recommend that the CEO or a nominated board member counsels Oberalsa on the matter. Eskom has since said it overpaid Stefanuti's stocks. The the construction company denied on July the 10th that it was overpaid. On another matter, Kassim said that if a 42 million rand payment Oberalsa promoted or authorized to construction company Aving had not already been the subject of litigation between the two firms, there is no reason why the issue cannot be the subject matter of a disciplinary hearing. Chetiar last year made a submission to the State Graft Commission about the procedures followed in authorizing that payment, which has yet to be made after the Commission recommended it to be held back. In a statement, ESCOM said it would wait for the litigation to be completed before it decided whether to take any disciplinary action. In a separate document relating to the grievance filed by Chetty against Oberholzer, the coup admitted to calling Chetty and asking him to find a job in Cape Town for Gregory Jacobs, the brother-in-law of Oberholzer. He said there had been no pressure. Chetty who declined to comment, has since faced an internal disciplinary procedure initiated by Oberholzer over the allegations he made and documents show that he has been moved to a training job in human resources against his will. In his report, Kasim said Oberholzer shouldn't have taken action against Chetia as he had done so hastily and emotionally. Keep tuning in for daily news updates here on Vondot Radio Voice Over Nations with me Ingrid D. You're on Vondot Radio, Voice of the Nations, bringing you national and international news updates. News 24. Cabinet reshuffle rumours by Paddy Harper. Persistent rumours of a cabinet reshuffle may be jumping the gun, but they do reflect the political realignment taking place within the ANC. President Cyril Ramaphosa has allegedly fallen out with some ministers over the enforcement of regulations banning alcohol and tobacco products. Renewed rumours of a mass cabinet reshuffle by President Ramaphosa are unlikely to translate into changes in his executive any time in the near future, but they do reflect the political realignment taking place within the ANC ahead of its next leadership conference. Last week, an unsourced list of names of cabinet ministers said to be moved by Ramaphosa, appeared on social media with the big three Half Minister Zweli Mukizi, Police Minister Beki Seele, and Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs Minister Nkosana Zama Lamini Zuma, among those named for removal from office. According to a subsequent report in the Sunday Independent, Sili Mukizi and Lamini Zuma, were to be reshuffled after falling out with the President over the enforcement of regulations banning alcohol and tobacco products. Another target, according to the report, was Water and Sanitation Minister Lindewi Sisulu, whose name was also raised in rumours of a Cabinet reshuffle last year. An ANC National Executive Committee member told The Mail and Guardian this week that it was very unlikely that the President would make changes to his Cabinet at this point in time, a second senior ANC member said that although the list was likely to be fake and generated by a faction in the party, the talk of a movement for Susula persisted. Something will happen, but not now, and not with all the names on that list. Keep tuning in for daily news updates here on Vondot Radio, Voice Over Nations with me, Ingrid D. everyone, I'm your news anchor Ingrid D here on Dot Radio VoiceOver Nations bringing you national and international news updates. Environmental news report by Brian Benzer. 350 elephants have been found dead for unknown reasons in the Okavango Delta area near the town of Mon, northern Botswana. In Gaborone, Botswana said on Friday it had received test results from samples sent to Zimbabwe to determine the cause of death of hundreds of elephants but is waiting for more results from South Africa next week before sharing findings with the public. Wildlife officials are trying to determine what is killing the elephants about two months after the first bodies were discovered. They have ruled out poaching and anthrax among possible causes. Officials told reporters near the Okavango Delta that they had now verified 281 elephant carcasses and that the deaths were concentrated in an area of 8,000 square kilometers that is home to about 18,000 elephants. We are hoping the second set of results will come in next week and that's when we should be able to communicate to the public the cause of deaths. Chris Fogan from Zimbabwe's Victoria Falls Wildlife Trust, which conducted the test on elephant samples from Botswana said only that the country's government could share the findings. The Botswana Wildlife Department has said the government contacted neighbours Zimbabwe, Angola, Namibia and Zambia but they had not seen similar elephant deaths. Keep tuning in for daily news updates. You're on Vondot Radio, Voice Over Nations, with me, Ingrid D. Hello everyone, I'm your news anchor, Ingrid D. You're on Vondot Radio, Voice Over Nations, bringing you national and international news updates. Israeli news. The Israeli Air Force opened a new squadron on Sunday aimed at bringing all of its Special Forces units under one roof. The 7th Aerial Special Forces Squadron will contain the Air Force's Elite Search and Rescue Unit 669, the Shaldag Commando Unit, the Frontal Landing Unit which builds ad-hoc landing strips behind enemy lines, a dedicated Intelligence Unit for the squadron and a Special Forces School. By bringing all of these freestanding units into one squadron, a nearly two year process the Air Force hopes to streamline their operations and make them more effective. Until now these units have all operated independently within the Air Force, lacking the staff and management that come with being a larger squadron. The timing of the opening of the squadron during the new multi-year plan represents an opportunity to make deep changes and to deal with new challenges in a changing reality, the IDF said. Soldiers from the Israeli Air Force's elite unit, the Helleborn unit 66699, is Israel's premier search and rescue outfit, working not only within the military but also in civilian cases where people or vehicles go missing. Unit 669 has been involved in countless search and rescue operations, evacuating injured soldiers out of war zones under heavy fire, rescuing sailors stranded at sea, and locating lost hikers. It formed along with the Sheldag Unit in 1974 as a result of lessons learned from the previous year's Yom Kippur War. Keep tuning in for daily news updates here on Von Dot Radio, Voice Over Nations with me, Ingrid D. Hello, everyone. I'm your news anchor, Ingrid D, here on Von Dot Radio, Voice Over Nations, bringing you national and international news updates. News 24. President Cyril Ramaphosa is set to introduce a number of lockdown restrictions as the country grapples with a surge in coronavirus cases, the Sunday Times reports. The reintroduction of restrictions comes after a meeting of the National Coronavirus Command Council, NCCC, and the Cabinet, as well as a number of consultations with top scientific advisors. Some of the restrictions which are set to be introduced include the reintroduction of the nighttime curfew, stricter regulations on the sale of alcohol, limited movement between provinces, enforcing a limited load on minibus taxis and other modes of public transport. There will be no hard lockdown. Ramaposa has reportedly shut down a move to a higher lockdown level or the reintroduction of intermittent lockdowns in areas of the country which have seen the most coronavirus cases. This aligns with comments he made last week where he indicated that the government is trying to strike a delicate balance between the loss of lives and saving jobs. Another hard lockdown is not being considered for now. The issue of jobs lost concerns us Other countries are experiencing even bigger losses. We are developing various other ways of responding to this, said the President. Keep tuning in for daily news updates here on Vondot Radio, Voice Over Nations with me, Ingrid D. Hello everyone, I'm your news anchor Ingrid D., you're on Vondot Radio, Voice over Nations, bringing you national and international news updates. London with CNN News. The Director General of the World Health Organization has condemned a lack of leadership in fighting the coronavirus pandemic and made an emotional plea for global unity as cases soar in multiple countries and the world struggles to contain the devastating virus more than six months after it was first identified. The greatest threat we face now is not the virus itself. Tedros Adhanom said in a passionate speech in Geneva on Thursday, rather it's the lack of leadership and solidarity in the global and national levels. This is a tragedy that is forcing us to miss many of our friends, losing many lives. How is it difficult for humans to unite to fight a common enemy that's killing people indiscriminately? Tedros asked during his plea, made during a WHO meeting. Are we unable to distinguish or identify the common enemy? Can't we find that the divisions or the cracks between us actually Actually, are the advantage for the virus. He urged a coming together telling attendees COVID-19 is a test of global solidarity and global leadership. Keep tuning in for daily news updates here on Vondot Radio, Voice Over Nations with me Ingrid D. Hello everyone, I'm your news anchor Ingrid D. You're on Vondot Radio, Voice Over Nations, bringing you national and international news updates. With FIN 24 by Sibongili Kumalo, COVID 19 constraints hit Botswana's fuel supply, leading to shortages. The COVID 19 lockdown, which has seen local fuel refineries reduce output, has led to shortages in neighboring Botswana which has not been able to receive normal deliveries since the easing of the national shutdown. The landlocked country, which relies largely on South Africa for its fuel imports, has faced severe supply constraints over the past two weeks. The shortages have resulted in panic buying among some consumers, prompting the government to tap into its strategic reserves, And source fuel from alternative suppliers in the region such as Namibia and Mozambique. The sparsely populated nation of 2.4 million inhabitants has registered low COVID-19 infection rates with only 314 cases of the virus identified and a single death. But the knock-on effect of the virus in South Africa has nevertheless been harsh. We have not received the normal supply of fuel from South Africa and that has caused supply challenges from the retailers. The situation has not stabilized and we had to make use of our strategic reserves, said the Permanent Secretary in the Ministry of Mineral Resources. Residents in Botswana who are fearing that the scarcity of stockpiling fuel despite government's warning against mass buying Sassel, meanwhile, said it had met its commitments to fuel traders in Botswana, who in turn distribute the product to the market. Keep tuning in for daily news updates here on Vondot Radio, VoiceOver Nations with me, Ingrid D.